Big John. We now have the podcast running. I just want to play something real quick. Well, I remember a teacher that I had. Now, I only I went I went through the seventh grade. I went to the seventh grade. I left home when I was ten years old because I was hungry. And I used to. <laughs> this, is, this is true. I work in the summer. I go to school in the winter. But I had this one teacher. It was the principal of the Harrison School in Vincennes, Indiana. To me, this was the greatest teacher, a real sage of of my time. Anyhow, he had such wisdom. And we were all reciting the Pledge of Allegiance one day. And he walked over, this little old teacher. Mr. Laswell was his name. Mr. Laswell. He says, I have been listening to you boys and girls recite the Pledge of Allegiance all semester. And it seems as though it's becoming monotonous to you. If I may... May I recite it and try to explain to you the meaning of each word. I, me, an individual, a committee of one, pledge, dedicate all of my worldly goods to give without self-pity, allegiance, my love and my devotion to the flag, our standard, O oh glory, a symbol of freedom. Wherever she waves, there's respect. Because your loyalty has given her a dignity that shouts freedom is everybody's job. United. That means that we have all come together. States. Individual communities that have united into 48 great states. 48 individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose. All divided with imaginary boundaries, yet united to a common purpose. And that's love for country. And to the republic. Republic. A state in which sovereign power is invested in representatives chosen by the people to govern. And government is the people. And it's from the people to the leaders, not from the leaders to the people, for which it stands. One nation, one nation, meaning so blessed by God, indivisible, incapable of being divided, with liberty, which is freedom, the right of power to live one's own life, without threats, fear, or some sort of retaliation. And justice, the principle or qualities of dealing fairly with others. For all. For all. Which means, boys and girls, it's as much your country as it is mine. And now, boys and girls, let me... I just wanted to play that, uh, that old red scout. For those of you that probably don't know, uh, Red Skelton was uh, a comic um, from like the, I don't know, when he got started. That video was made in 1969. of course, you know, a couple of states had been added since his uh, elementary school principal 
gave that little speech that he is reciting. Um, I don't know, something just touched me right now today to want to hear that and want to play it for everyone. Because uh, I feel it breaks down what the United States of America is and what that flag means to me. Um, and it, it really is something touching. If you ask... It's really touching to me uh, to think of America, to think of that flag, what it stands for. Um, And I guess what got me thinking was um, there was um, there's some somebody uh, not important uh, who, but I guess there there are other flags, um, and they were they were teaching kids to pledge allegiance to this flag. Um, it obviously was not the American flag. I just remember every day as a kid. I'm pretty sure we did it up through my senior year of high school, 1995. Uh, every morning we stood. And we... Uh, they called it a moment of silent meditation because by then the prayer in school thing had made its way even into our little neck of the woods. Uh, and then we did the Pledge of Allegiance. I don't know if they still do that today in school. I know we do it at the beginning of um, council meetings in my town. We do it at the beginning of uh, Board of Education meetings. And, and to me, it's just part. every part of being a, a, a public servant or a government leader, uh, an elected official. Yeah, you're you're elected to some local little office, but you're also part of something greater. Um, and that's what the pledge of allegiance and that flag mean. Anyways, this is Big John. This is Americana, the American way. I'm a little somber tonight because I'm about to go into something really somber. Um, but follow me on Getter and Twitter at the real underscore Big John. Of course, this is on all the podcast platforms uh, under the title Americana, the American way. Also, um, it is... Uh, on rumble.com pardon me I got too many thoughts in my head because I'm about to freestyle something um so um as you guys know I'm a big wrestling fan wrestling WWE Ring of Honor all elite wrestling any kind of wrestling I'm, I'm a fan um and one of my uh, favorites of all time 
was is Scott Hall. Uh, some some know him as Razor Ramon from the 1990s in World Wrestling Federation uh, when he left the World Wrestling Federation for money, money, money. Uh, in WCW, he was known by his real name, Scott Hall. Um, but... Uh, the other day, he was having a hip operation, evidently, and there, there was a blood clot cut loose, and it made its way to his heart, and he had three heart attacks in a very short amount of time. Uh, I don't know if they were, you know, like, I don't know if you'd have a heart attack back to back to back, I don't know, but he had three heart attacks uh, they said, and he was uh, on life support. Um, today, his best friend, Kevin Nash, uh, posted that uh, once Scott's family had time to gather, uh, they were going to take him off of the life support. Um, Sean Waltman, known as X-Pac, or six in wrestling or the one two three kid uh, posted that um, Scott was still breathing and still fighting <laughs> sorry I got something else playing there whoa stop too much technology playing at once uh, Sean Waltman posted uh, a few hours ago that Scott was still breathing. However, um, a lot of reputable sources have posted. They took Scott off the life support this afternoon. And he was breathing on his own and still fighting. Now, this evening, uh, the World Wrestling Entertainment and a lot of other reputable sources posted that he has passed. I hope that's wrong, but when 10 out of 10 reliable sources are saying that you know he's finally lost his fight uh, for his life, I think it's time to you know pay homage to someone. Um, Scott wanted to be famous. You know he did he had a lot of jobs. He was a big 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 dude I mean I wish I had his, his body he had in his prime he was a big buff muscular dude uh, he got into wrestling in the 1980's in the uh, American Wrestling Association Vern Gagne's AWA and he kind of had a magnum PI look in the face anyways better body than Magnum P.I. though um, and he was quickly a top star because he could read people uh, he could read the fans he could wrestle he could work a match and make you believe it um, and he did that by feeling the crowd and calling moves in the ring not 
the way some wrestlers do it now where they have everything planned ahead of time. And when the American Wrestling Association folded, uh, Scott went to the World Wrestling Federation, WWF, now WWE, and how in the hell can I not find a lighter when I have 20 of them? Uh, everybody, at that point in WWE, everyone had a, a gimmick, a character, a cartoon almost. And at first, Vince McMahon, who... Vince only lives in the WWF. He only lives inside that bubble of WWE, okay? Watch his interview with Pat McAfee and you'll understand what I mean. Vince was going to make Scott a uh, army guy, like a soldier. Uh, when Scott went into Vince's office, Vince said, um, so I understand your dad's in the army or was in the army or something like that. And Scott really was like, not, not, Scott would do anything for the money, okay? But he, he had a better idea. And he said, some sort of conversation went, well, what if I'm the bad guy? Say hello to my little friend. And Vince is like, what? And Scott asked, well, haven't you seen Scarface? And Vince is like, no. So Scott Hall goes into this uh, Scarface character from Scarface the movie. And he starts acting out the movie. And from there, the Razor Ramon character was born. And Scott made this character his own. Vince worked right with him making uh, videos and Scott, you know, they shot all these videos uh, kind of commando style in uh, the Cuban section of Miami, Florida without any permits. They just took cameras and Vince McMahon took over whatever little sidewalk or street because that's what Vince McMahon does. And uh, they made the what are called vignettes or short videos. And Scott went to uh, the Cuban section of town ahead of time and bought different outfits so that with every video, he would be wearing a different outfit so that it would look like they were shot over a period of time, uh, you know. And that's how he took that character. And that character was something that people tuned in to watch. Uh, because he let his inner bad guy come through. And he was a heel or bad guy in wrestling terminology. And he came out with the gold, you know, gold chains, you know, looking like a, you know, Colombian drug dealer or something like that. 
and it was revolutionary in a way when everyone else was doing these corny gimmicks like Doink the Clown, uh, Corporal Kirshner, of course, they, you know, there was a you know, probably a cowboy or two, a hockey player, the goon, who was actually one of the greatest wrestlers ever, uh, Wild Bill, somebody. But anyhow, you know, Duke the Dumpster Drozzy that went around picking up garbage <laughs> and then came to the ring with a garbage can. But Razor Ramon, you could believe that Scott Hall might actually be this person. Uh, you know, and prior to being a wrestler, Scott Hall was a bouncer at a strip club. Um, he had an incident where... Uh, a patron tried to shoot him and there was a tussle over the gun and the gun went off and Scott killed the guy. Uh, Scott said that was the beginning of his drug addiction because he never got over that. Uh, he never wanted to kill the person. He just didn't want to die himself. Um, and it was the, the patron's gun. Uh, and it just, I guess it went off during the scuffle. Um, that aside, but it was that kind of life experience probably that he brought to that character, you know, being a, a strip club bouncer, being a party guy. Um, back when Scott was in WCW, uh, the first run he had in WCW, he came out with uh, Diamond Dallas Page who at the time was known as Vinny Vegas. Uh, no, no, maybe that wasn't it. Maybe Scott was Vinny ba No, it was, forget that. That was Kevin Nash that was Vinny Vegas for a week. Uh, anyhow, uh, he came out with Diamond Dallas Page, and he was the Diamond Stud. And, I mean, the dude was just huge, huge bulging muscles. And uh, they would bring a girl out of the audience, a plant, of course, and she would rip off uh, the whatever clothes Scott wore to the ring until he, so he, he was then in his wrestling gear. And then of course there was WWE, WWF. Uh, he eventually turned babyface, good guy, uh, and had one of the first ladder matches with Shawn Michaels. They were... <clears throat> Scott won the Intercontinental Championship when Shawn Michaels got hurt uh, and had to um, give up his Intercontinental Championship belt. Well, then Shawn comes back and there are two Intercontinental Championship belts so they decide they're going to hang the belts above the ring and you have to climb a ladder to get the belts and be the true Intercontinental Champion. And this was before hardcore wrestling. This was before extreme wrestling. This was before the <coughs> modern day outlaw mud shows. This was not a 
you know, oh, let's see who can throw themselves through a bunch of light bulbs and act, stu- act stupid. Uh, this was a wrestling match that incorporated a ladder. And yes, they did some uh, high spots involving the ladder with Shawn Michaels diving off the ladder on the razor and stuff like that. That was revolutionary. And that, that match set forth the Hardy Boys, the Dudley Boys, Edge and Christian in those ladder matches that we all like popped for. Then, you know, Scott's not happy with his money in WWF. It's not, there's no, no guarantees. You know, you got paid based on how many fans were in attendance. Sometimes, uh, Kevin Nash said you waited all year to get your WrestleMania paycheck. And then that's what you based your next year on. And Scott didn't like that. So he gave his notice when his uh, 90 days ahead of time and went to WCW for guaranteed money. And he did something else that revolutionized the business. Not just a guaranteed contract, but a most favored nation clause. So every time a new wrestler came into the company and they had that wrestler maybe, let's say Scott uh, and Kevin Nash did this too, uh, but let's say Scott was making $750,000 a year. Somebody else comes into the company and they're going to make $750,000. Well, then WCW was obligated to give Scott a raise. That's genius. Uh, of course, he was part of the Outsiders, which was revolutionary. Uh, when he he came out and just disrupted WCW Nitro, and he always came through the, the crowd. So you thought WWF sent him. People really thought this in 1996 or something. You know, without internet, you know, if you wanted inside dirt on wrestling, you had to subscribe to a physical letter that came in the mail called a dirt sheet. And Scott, uh, so nobody knew Scott wasn't part of the WWF anymore, uh, unless you were like a really smartened up fan. Uh, Well, I mean, you kind of knew. I mean, people weren't stupid, but... It felt like WWF was trying to invade WCW for a month or so, and they teased it along and strung it out. Uh, Then Kevin Nash's contract expired a few months after, or a month or a few weeks after Scott's. Now Kevin Nash's best friend is there, and they become the outsiders. And they say, we got one more guy coming. It's going to be a big surprise. There's a third member of our team. And, of course, that ends up being Hulk Hogan. And they become the New World Order. And for a good two years, the New World Order was the hottest thing in wrestling. 
Uh, now, Eric Bischoff stole that from Japan, but uh, it was still the hottest thing in wrestling. Nobody had ever seen something like this, and especially Hulk Hogan turning bad guy. So it was a, a phenomenal, phenomenal thing that Scott Hall did, and a lot of stuff he did revolutionized the wrestling business. And he was never a world champion. He was multi-time tag team champion in WCW. He was a multi-time intercontinental champion in WWF. Um, and then of course, the NWO returned to WWF, WWE, uh, Hogan, Hall, and Nash. And... Um, it didn't go over as well as I think it could have because the established stars in the WWE refused to put Hall, Nash, and Hogan over. Uh, Stone Cold was adamant he was not going to lose to Scott Hall because Hogan, Hall, and Nash were also known as the three of the best backstage politicians in wrestling and Stone Cold was like look I was here in the shitty years when WWF was about to go out of business I broke my neck for WWF I blew out two knees for WWF I'm not gonna let these people come in and take over um, in his first WWF run Scott was part of what was known as the Click, and they were the three or four, five best wrestlers in WWF. Shawn Michaels, Shawn Waltman, uh, one, two, three, kid, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall. That's four. Oh, and Triple H, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, and they told Vince McMahon what they were gonna do. And, you know, these other guys that were just coming up at the time, like The Rock, Stone Cold, uh, The Rock came after that. But Stone Cold was there for a little bit during the Click era. They heard other stories of the Click. Uh, and they just said, hey, this is our company now. You guys are just here to, you know, get some ratings and, you know, pop a crowd. And I'm very glad uh, a week, one week after I got my driver's license, I was older. Uh, I was in college. I was like 25 years old. Yes. I, nine years after my 16th birthday, I got my driver's license. And my one week later, I put four friends in my Chevy Cavalier, two-door Chevy Cavalier. And we went to see the NWO in Cleveland, Ohio. And I've got so many pictures of Hogan, Hall, and Nash. We had great seats. We're, I mean, we're like right between, we we're closer to the, en the entrance, but we also had a good view of the ring too. And I had a, a nice camera. I've always had nice cameras. I love photography. And, uh, but I got all these pictures of Hall and Nash and, Hogan, and I'm so glad I made that road trip 
first first trip from Kent, the city of Kent to the city of Cleveland, driving into downtown Cleveland one week after I got my driver's license uh, to see the NWO. Uh, and it was a great show. Uh, you know, you got to see, you know, they, they beat up the good guys for a little while and then Stone Cold and everybody came out to make the save and Scott Hall took a Stone Cold stunner, got laid out in the ring. Um, it was just a good time. With Scott... Scott uh, said, you know, going down the road, listening to music in the car, somebody asked him, what, what song do you like? Like what? What songs get you motivated? And he uh, said, uh, "The Ride" by David Allen Coe. And there's a line in that song: "Can you make people feel what you feel inside?" And to him, that's what wrestling was: "Can you make the fans feel what you feel inside?" And I just always thought that was really cool. Um, so, Scott Hall is in the WWE Hall of Fame twice. Uh, he was inducted as an individual. Uh, and he was also inducted as a member of the New World Order. Um... Diamond Dallas Page saved his life um, with emotional and physical therapy. Um, Scott lived the last few years drug and alcohol free. Um, he has had a pacemaker for a long time, um, but this heart these heart attacks he had were nothing to do with his pacemaker or any drugs I get uh, he he's been sober for years and uh, so the, the wrestling world and the world period lost a, a good guy tonight he might have played the bad guy on TV but he was a good guy in real life and after he sobered up and Diamond Dallas Page helped him bring his life together. Um, he was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. So I'm going to leave you with his Hall of Fame speech. If you asked Razor how he was doing, the standard response was better than you, Chico. I learned that when I stepped through that curtain that I could have a relationship as a performer with an audience. And it was a powerful thing to me, whether I was the hated villain or the beloved hero. And that was something that I've always treasured. So thank you to all the wrestling fans here. 
the fans watching around the world. I wanted to play for you guys. Alright, wait a minute. <coughs> we have to have a do-over. Because that ain't what I, I thought it was. He ends his speech with saying, Bad times don't last, bad guys do. Here's a little something from Hulk Hogan on Scott Hall. Hey, yo. Thank you guys for being here. We appreciate every one of you Hulkamaniacs for life, brother. Um, a short while ago, a good friend of mine just passed away. Scott Hall. So in Jesus' name I pray, thank you God for taking care of my brother. He took care of me when I was down and out. Everybody thought Hulkamania was dead. Scott Hall resurrected me. He put me back on the map. I love him so much I can't even explain it to you. He had a bunch of faults. Hello? He had a bunch of falls, but he was a good guy. I just want to let everybody know here. I just want to let everybody know here tonight that he's in our thoughts. Yeah. Anyway, I just want everybody to know that we're he's in our thoughts and prayers tonight. And he just passed. I had a real hard time getting my act together and getting over here. But that, but I love you too, baby. But bad times don't last, but bad guys do. Okay? So, for the original bad guy, Scott Hall, that took a yo was right, mother. For the, for the original bad guy that took Hulk Hogan and taught Hollywood how to be a bad guy, I got nothing for love for... Life, brothers, alright? In my lifetime, I've learned hard work pays off, dreams come true, bad times don't last. But bad guys do. In my lifetime, I've learned hard work pays off, dreams come true. Bad times don't last, but bad guys do.
he means bad in the good way. Uh, if you know, you can be tough. You can be down. You can be out. People can count you out. But if you don't count yourself out, you can make a hell of a comeback in life. And that's exactly what he did. He got sober. He started making fan appearances. Comic cons. Going on tour with Hogan and Nash to uh, meet fans and interact with fans. Sign autographs and all that. So... God bless you, Scott Hall. Thanks for the memories. That's all I can say. Thanks for the memories. God bless you guys. Thanks for watching and listening. See you next time.